Hey guys, welcome to episode 84. Going a little out of order, but uh, we're, we're getting it back on track. This is a fun one with Jared Maynard of Unbreakable Strength. He has a really fun social media presence. He has some fun on there. I love uh, checking out his posts. So uh, we get into it in this episode. It's really fun. Uh, a little bit of Fallout Boy, which we got playing in the background. One of my favorite little remixes with uh, Kanye West here. Um, we also get into how most PTs just don't know how to help strength athletes and how to get around that. And uh, if you've ever been in a physical therapy clinic and you've only gotten, you know, up to the black band and, and that's about all you get to, that's the maximum strength you're getting exposed to, there's something wrong there. That's where folks like Jared and myself, and we share a lot of ways that we practice. And I, I'm, that's one of the reasons I was really excited to get on this call is uh, we, we have a lot of similar uh, philosophies on, on how we deal with injuries, how we deal with our businesses. So I'm very excited for y'all to listen to this. We also get into the spectrum of rehab to performance. And finally, how injuries as a lifter feel like a prison sentence and what to do about that. And since we recorded this, I actually did have a bit of a tweak to my uh, left MCL skiing. And I've had to modify my training. I got a few things coming out about that. But uh, Without further ado, check out Jared Maynard, episode 84. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, comment, leave 17 stars, all that good stuff. Love you guys. See ya. Get 1% better. I wish. I wish. I like to I'll let it slide when it, when it ever gets bestowed on me. Yeah. In spirit. Yes. Spiritual doctor. We are live with the spiritual doctor, Jared Maynard. That's not, he's not a doctor for your spirit, but he's spiritually a doctor. Of there physical we go. therapy, uh, we got Fallout Boys, Novocaine, special request. Don't sue us, nobody sue us. Um, and joining us from o Ottawa, Ottawa, a uh, little west of Toronto, actually. A little west of Toronto, nice. Uh, do you know Alan Ashmoyley over in Toronto by any chance? Don't think I've had the pleasure, not yet. He was the president of the American Physical Therapy Association student body when I was there. Uh, we'll have to connect you. He was a guest of mine way, way back. We're on episode 84. Hero Bono stuff, and I think he was in the first 10 or 15 episodes, a good friend of mine going way back. Um, and I'm going to turn this off so we can focus. <laughs> uh, and again, we don't get sued. I think there's like a minute limit or 10 seconds. I don't know what it is. I haven't had any issues yet. Uh, until we become Joe Rogan level, we're going to be okay. Jared has a time limit, so we're going to respect that. We're going to dive right into it. Tell us all about you, my friend, what we need to know. Uh, I, I know you're clinical athlete, like you said, Honey Badger. Um, and then if you guys go follow him, Unbreakable Strength Online, uh, online training for strength athletes, Olympic lifters, power lifters, CrossFitters. Um, yep. And let me know if I missed anything. Jump into it, man. Yeah, you got to do. I like spiritual doctor. You know, I don't have any <laughs> any official like certifications. I know you've had Frank Benedetto on here. He's a, an ordained minister with the Universal Life Church. Not quite at that level, but I like spiritual doctor. But yeah, my name is Jared Maynard. I'm a physical therapist up here in the great white north of Canada land. And I'm also a strength coach, as you mentioned, part of the crew with a clinical athlete in Kalu, part of the Honey Badger Project team. And I'm a powerlifter and I, I love helping people get strong. So I started my, my business, Unbreakable Strength, and that has taken off. Uh, that is now my full-time gig. Was working in the clinic for a number of years, and now I'm full-time digital and that allowed us to move out into the the boonies. We are just out in the country, way west of Toronto. And uh, it's actually kind of nice. It took a little bit of getting used to, but I like it out here. Yeah, we just had an episode actually with a friend, Chad Phillips. Um, and he just moved out uh, to Maine. He's living off the land. 
Uh, he talks about how you got to poop in buckets and all that stuff and, and create your own manure. I don't know if you're there yet. Um, Not yet. My, my <laughs> wife is talking about, okay, she's asked me to build a greenhouse. We've talked about getting chickens. She wants a cow at some point. She started seedlings to grow food, which I'm actually pretty pumped about. Uh, we haven't pooped in buckets yet to create manure. It's it's on the timeline. I wouldn't be surprised if we got there in the next like six <laughs> months. So that's just well, the way things I, are rolling. I'd encourage... Yeah, I'd encourage you to check out that episode, get get a little more prepped of how he's done some of his stuff. He's committed to two years. He lives in kind of a tent yurt, turt, whatever that is. And and uh, he still has a little connection to, to, you know, modern stuff. But two years, I think he threw out the statistic that uh, just flushing a toilet uh, annually, we we use 6,000 gallons of water uh, mm. per year. So that's, that was kind of the, the, the push there of saying, let's let's challenge that. But we're not going to focus on that right now. Uh, but that was episode, I think, 79. We're at 84. Uh, we're going to focus right here. I'm going to I'm going to throw this at you. I have my other podcast, Demand Better. The upcoming one we're d- recording is Demand Better from Research. And I know you're a big research nerd, geek, whatever term doesn't offend you. Um, so I'd love for you to give us maybe a quick two minute uh, summation as best you can of how you use research within the, whatever you want to call it, evidence based practice model as we get ready for that episode. I'm trying to get get as much of that uh, the perspective as we can about research, how the consumer can use it, how they can get more out of research. So if we go to an NSEA article and it says, you know, the hex bar deadlift is more uh, powerful than glute bridges for you know doing this, that, or the other thing, uh, how how do you use that research? And uh, are we just going to plug CalU <laughs> after all that? <laughs> that would have been the easy out. Like, well, yeah. hey, answer this question in CalU Plus. <laughs> No, I think it's a fantastic question. And, you know, it really speaks to the one of the main issues in rehab, in strength training, that sort of thing. We have these these outdated narratives that just, you know, they've been around for a long time. And um, we have, you know, sound bites of you're in pain because you're weak or you need to do X, Y, Z to get out of this problem. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. Now, that said, when it comes to applying it to people, uh, people care about what's going to help them feel better, accomplish their goals. So in terms of how I like to use research, it's important to understand what the body of evidence says about getting strong, getting out of pain, how to help people, you know, get where they want to go. It's also equally important to put it in terms they can understand. So, you know, when, uh, when people, whether PTs, coaches, whatever title, when they start going off about, Hey, you know what? I read this really great article in the journal of strength, fish and research. Uh, it was an end of this size and whatever, the client's eyes glaze over. They don't care. That's great for, you know, fellow clinicians, fellow coaches. But when it comes to actually how it applies to them, we need to make sure that we put it in in their terms. And then we talk to them first, like, hey, totally hear you. So it sounds like you're, you're concerned about this and how it's affecting your, you know, your ability to hang out in the gym, but then also like picking up your kids and doing your work. Does that sound about right? Yeah, cool. What have you heard about this so far? Have you seen anybody else about this? What have they told you? Um, You know, and then, hey, there's some really great research on this that will really help us know how best to get you where you were trying to go. Is it cool if we talk about that? And then that gives you the open door to keep the conversation going. So, you know, as people in these roles, we have a responsibility to do our best to keep up with it within reason. And then also kind of bridge that gap, make it approachable and digestible um, so that we help people get where they where they're trying to go. 
Awesome. And I'm just going to jump in here. My phone is blowing up with folks. Uh, the Russell Wilson just got traded to the Denver Broncos. Pretty big news in the NFL for anybody who cares who's watching live. Any of that. I, I don't know if you care about that up in the uh, Canadian Football League there, but <laughs> we uh, we are the inferior football league. It's it's cool. <laughs> There's some great athletes, but uh, the NFL is where it's at. Yeah, that's that's all good. So anyone who cares uh, by the time a lot of folks will watch or listen to this, that'll be old news. But uh, off of that answer you just gave about the, the kind of research, and I appreciate that, uh, one of the first topics that, that uh, you're jazzed about, as I like to ask my folks, and, and I want you to, and Bono stuff, I want you to teach me stuff, teach me all the things, being selfish, but hopefully the, the listeners are also getting 1% better. Hopefully, can't promise anything. Your money back guaranteed. Uh, basically, we want to talk about how physical therapists are pretty awful as a profession, and I'm okay calling that out. I think you are as well uh, in terms of getting folks strong and getting folks to go from rubber bands even if you get up to the black band the heaviest band we usually have in the gym uh sometimes it's the gold one or the the platinum looking one right sometimes that's the fancy that's, that's uh, the fancy clinics dang okay fancy yeah yeah new york city man that's where i i started my career and we we would see some of that stuff uh dipped in gold the dipped in gold <laughs> bands uh but what I tell a lot of folks, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of throw the question off of this, is if, if there's not a squat rack and a barbell in that physical therapy clinic, then they're probably not the best equipped to serve you. Um, and, and that's not to throw a lot of clinicians who might travel and, and don't have equipment with them um, under the bus. But as a profession, physical therapists, getting athletes back to strength, uh, what, what, what do you want to, what do you want to throw out there? Uh, we've been critical of the physical therapy profession among other professions here on this podcast. So I'd love to hear your, your take on that. Yeah, man. I think it's a, it's a really central issue when it comes to physical therapy, the rehab professions, you know, and I want to hedge it by saying one thing, whenever I, I start to poke at or talk about this issue, I don't want it to come across as me bashing or speaking ill of, clinicians who are trying to do the best they can, especially new grads. You know, there's multiple influences when it comes to this thing, because yeah, I agree. Physical therapists, I can say this as a physical therapist, uh, by and large, we suck at getting people strong. And also just in terms of schooling and the, the training that we get on it, we barely get any but across the board. There are some schools that are doing better and incorporating exercise physiology, strength conditioning, and really getting the people going through those programs a good understanding of those principles, right? But the majority of schools right now, they're not using that. And here's why it matters. So again, earlier I talked about how when it comes to research, we got to put it in terms that matter to the people that are seeing us. Same applies for, you know, strength and stuff. It's not like getting strong is going to fix all your problems. It's not a panacea. It's not a thing. Right? We know that from the research. There we go. But when it comes to a lot of the issues people run into, when we're talking about issues with aging, we're talking about being able to keep up with the demands of their jobs, whether they're working you know, a job at their desk where they're sitting for eight hours a day, or they're a firefighter, police officer, construction worker, manual laborer, there are going to be demands on their bodies. right? Plus, the other stuff they enjoy doing, maybe they like playing golf, maybe they like playing other sports, um, you know, they need to be able to handle a certain amount of physical stress. And it just happens to be the case. We see again and again in the research, people who are stronger, who have better physical resilience, they have better health over the long term. They have better life expectancy, but also health quality through that life expectancy. They have better enjoyment of the things that matter to them. 
and they're able to worry about less when it comes to ailments and injuries and issues that take away time and enjoyment from their work, their families, you know, the people they want to spend time with and the things they want to do. So again, schooling doesn't really give us the tools to do that. People who want to learn more and do better, they often have to go on their own to find those resources. Shameless plug for something like Calu, Clinical Athlete Level Up, Level Up you know, the, the umbrella brand, bringing those two companies together, that's really been a great hub for people. Um, but you got to do that legwork. And then the issue is that, okay, you're a new grad, you're trying to figure out life in the, in the clinic. That's a big thing. You don't really often have the time or the bandwidth to go and try to find out that extra information. But I believe that when it comes to, or if we can do a better job across these things, whether schools, uh, other organizations, resources of making the principles behind strength and conditioning, exercise physiology, really understandable for coaches and clinicians, and we can work together, coaches, clinicians, everybody else who you know can help people do more of what they want to do and make that all just really understandable and not super complicated, the better that we're going to be able to serve the clients who we're seeing um, and the better that we'll be able to be confident as we step into, into our, our practice roles, uh, being able to meet people where they're at. Yeah, man. I love that answer. Um, and that takes us to our second kind of topic that you wanted to touch on of the, the, that continuum of training and rehab. So when you have an injury um, and also it kind of ties into our third, I'm not going to, I'm gonna call you out on all three years. Kind of. Being, <laughs> it was <laughs> a theme if you could. Yeah. yeah. You know. So the third one being the, that uh, when, when somebody who loves to lift and loves to move, let, let's make it even more general, uh, has an injury that limits them from doing that thing they love. It's like a prison sentence and it doesn't have to be that way. So, um, and that's that, I think that spectrum that we're talking about here, uh, between training and rehab. And my, my, uh, my, my brand is fit care physio, which I say, if you focus on the fitness side and we need to redefine fitness, a lot of folks don't have a great definition of fitness. I'd, I'd love to throw that question at you maybe, uh, before we go a little deeper is, uh, what is your definition of fitness? Gosh, you know, that's a really good question. I, I'd have to say, you know, I'm going to go kind of a broad, a broad definition here, but fitness to me is going to be the capacity to be able to do the things that someone wants to do. And that's broad because, you know, that can look and feel different for, for different people. You might have a CrossFitter who wants to be able to compete in the open, you know, going on right, right now, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so fitness is going to mean being able to complete those, those wads and maybe place a certain ranking when it comes to all the competitors. Or you might have somebody who wants to be able to shred the, the slopes on the snowboard all season long. I believe the term is shredding the gnar. Shredding, oh, you know I, what? I Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> it makes you makes you I'm, feel. I'm, I'm I'm new out here to Colorado. We I've only I'm on my ninth ski day ever. Hopefully this week. You said that with authority, uh, though, man. I, I would have figured you were a native right there. Working on that's it, awesome. man. Gotta gotta. I'm 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 a quick adapter, and I think that's one of the the interesting definitions of fitness that I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say is yeah. uh, that ability to adapt to whatever is thrown at you. So uh that that seems to be missing from a lot of folks definitions of course if you have one thing you're focusing on that could be your sport but that's not to me it's a little different it's interesting i don't want to we can go all sorts of paths here but uh you, you know you, you have your thing that you're talking about that you're very passionate about and that person cares about but then it's uh kelly starrett uh over over at uh the ready state formerly mobility wad talks about being able to be a productive member of society um, and, and, you know, that's another interesting kind of definition. And I had, um, I don't know if you know, Joe Lavaca, uh, 
you know, the rock tape kind of folks. And uh, I think his, his Instagram is strength in motion. He, he was on here a few episodes ago as well. And he talked about, yeah, that ability to adapt, whether you want to call that survival of the fittest, but that's a, it was an interesting definition of fitness. And I, again, this is a reason I like to ask this is because a lot of folks have a lot of different answers and, and uh, I think it sparked some fun conversation. So hopefully, I don't, I don't know what you think of all that. I just throw a lot at you, but <laughs> no, I'm fully on board. And you know, this is really why I, th I think, and really firmly believe that we, we need to meet people where they're at and, you know, broadly as coaches, clinicians, whatever the role is, we need to get really good or at least get better, even 1% better. Um, see what I did there? there? Tie in. Uh -huh. Appreciate um, it. <clears throat> hey, get better at, at having conversations with people because, you know, I mentioned being a new grad in the clinic and like, there's a lot going on that you're trying to figure out. And that's true. I don't, I remember those days very clearly. I work with people who are going through that right now. When it comes down, what the, all this comes down to is talking with people, you know, and yeah, we do things. We help them get stronger. We help them move better. We help them do the stuff they care about. <clears throat> but it all starts with conversation because people have stories. They're coming to see you. They're interacting with you for one reason or another, whether it's online, whether it's in the clinic, doesn't matter. And if you understand or really create a space for them to tell you, what brought them there, where they're at, where they've been, where they're trying to go, what really matters, what they think about where they're at, you know, what are they worried about, if anything, <clears throat> where are they, what are they hopeful of, where would they like to be? You can start to piece together more of a picture of that, that whole person. And then that gives you an opportunity to together create a game plan to move them in the direction of what they want to be doing. And, you know, if we get better at journeying with people, creating that space to have those conversations. Um, that's going to make our jobs as coaches and clinicians easier. It's going to help us do things that are more in line with where people are now and also connect the dots for them. So they see, Oh, okay, cool. I want to shred the gnar because I'm cool like Bo. And, <laughs> you know, but my knee hurts when I'm, when I'm, when I'm skiing. Okay, cool. So I need to, I need to be able to, to ski and like my knee needs to be able to handle it. And Bo's having me do some some squats right now, which I haven't done a whole lot of, but he knows that I care about skiing and he showed me how this is going to kind of look like the position I'm in when I'm skiing. And he thinks I'm going to be able to you know, start hitting the bunny hills and some of those green runs in the next few weeks. So, okay, cool. This makes sense. I'm going to keep doing these things that help me get. You're, talk, you're talking the language too. You're throwing, you're throwing hey, in the terminology. Quick adapter. Just like you. <laughs> Yeah, man, awesome. that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, no, I love that. So, and, and that jumps us over to, I know you do some online uh, coaching, or we calling <laughs> it coaching. Uh, and, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. I do a lot of the same. Um, it's a major percentage of my business right now and, and moving forward and something I want to, uh, even if I see someone in person, I try to get them online, um, nice. you know, and I try to get them to build that, what, what we talk about that definition of fitness and it becomes strength and conditioning, uh, but it becomes also this long-term health plan uh term i use there is physical retirement savings uh we're trying to build that capacity and that's the other definition of fitness that I'll, you know we mentioned crossfit a couple times here but work capacity over broad time and modal domains for anyone who's been in that space um and at the end of the day even with, if we're talking about a strength athlete even if they're doing the big three lifts uh bench press squat and deadlift uh that capacity of those three lifts we talk about your total oh you, you, you totaled two thousand pounds or whatever whatever that is um, that's your capacity within that kind of limited, uh, sport of three things. But, uh, if that's like you're saying, if that's where they want to be, 
awesome. Uh, then, then we start talking about all these other bits of capacity that's going to hopefully increase and allow you to stay consistent with building those three lifts in your total. Uh, a lot of times you, you, you threw out that term before moving better movement literacy is something I like to say. Um, but as far as online, I'd love to hear your interpretation, your take on, uh, and your experience with working with athletes online. How does it compare to in person? And do you feel like you get the same better results? Uh, you know, I think that we, we, we might both be biased in those regards, but, uh, for anyone listening, I think, uh, it definitely is, is, is going to help to understand that. Yeah, we, we, we are, we here are pretty confident we can get you better online. So, uh, give us your, your elevator pitch or whatever, whatever makes the most sense. Love it, man. First off, movement retirement savings. Have you trademarked that? Because that's pretty good. I haven't trademarked it. I, I was going to like call myself a physical retirement specialist, but I got a lot of pushback that like retirement's not a sexy word, but I do think it fits into my my whole uh, marketing campaign and I've thrown it out a few times. I haven't trademarked it, but you know, if someone wants like to it. steal it from me, you know, throw, throw a little credit my way at some point and, and I'll, that's fine. Get some royalty checks. Maybe that'd be nice. Buy some more coffee. Yeah. To all those <laughs> yeah. those gnar runs, um, so yeah, man. I mean, I think we're both biased, but you know, I don't see that as being a bad thing. No. You know, to answer the last question, yeah, I'm, I'm I love being able to work with people online, and right now, um, working with people literally all over the world. I have someone in Australia, someone in Finland, someone, a couple people in Dubai, people in Canada, the states, and, and elsewhere, and. You know, making the change or the transition to working with more people online or fully digitally compared to in person. For me, it happened a little bit. It was a gradual transition where I was still in the clinic part time, but then I was scaling up digital and then just went full bore with it. But what I really love about it is that it gives me the freedom to really influence slash control slash contribute to more than than I could in the clinic particularly when it comes to not just the, the training side of things, like most of the people that I work with would identify as someone who likes to strength train or as a power lifter or a lifter of some kind. And so in the clinic, yeah, I could influence some things about the program and give some direction there. But now I'm able to have even more, more influence. We kind of co-create the whole program with them. We're able to touch on sleep and nutrition. We're able to keep up better and more consistent communication uh, compared to what we were able to do in the clinic. And what I find is that the relationships that I'm able to build from Jump Street and that continue the whole time that I'm working with people and even beyond, honestly, um, they're they're more full, they're more robust. We're able to cover more ground. And then it leads to more confidence for the people that I work with. It leads to them feeling more able to tackle bigger challenges where uh, I can think of, I'm going to go back to the skiing example, uh, one of the ladies that I'm working with right now, she loves strength training. Uh, she knew she loved it before. She kind of fell off because she she's a, a teacher. Things are crazy during the school year. She also loves skiing, but her knees, you know, she'd get knee pain when she skied. Uh, because of the work that we were able to do and building up that confidence, she was able to crush some really sweet ski runs this season and just really enjoy it. And now she's thinking about the next challenges that she is ready and, and eager to take on because of that confidence, because she knows she can handle it. So, you know, can you not get those in person? No, for sure you can. And this is why I think that it comes back down to those communication skills and relationship with people, knowing where they're at, where they're trying to go. That's the overarching theme. And for me, just working with people that I do and with my ongoing love affair of strength in general, what that means for people, 
in the gym and in the other areas of their life. Being able to do it digitally just allows me to reach more people, have more freedom and honestly have more fun. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been enjoying the, the ride so far, man. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. When when I was in Dubai, so my my online journey started when I was in. I, I went from New York. I went out to Dubai to open a CrossFit gym. So I was kind of starting to train. This is back in two thousand and fifteen. So kind of the early stages of online training. Uh, and I was able to keep in touch with some folks back in New York who wanted to keep working on some stuff. Uh, and then when I left Dubai two and a half years later, then I had folks from Dubai who wanted to keep working with me in some capacity. And, and so we kept that going. So, and, and obviously uh, folks from Dubai are moving all over the world. It's a pretty fun, fun little place to be. Um, but yeah, that kind of built everything uh, on that online training space. And, and uh, it's been, it's been fun. I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, it allows a lot more flexibility, a lot more efficiency of time. You're not limited or committed to this one hour in place. Uh, and, and yeah, especially if folks have the gym and have some, some capacity or understanding of, of, of equipment and, and access to certain things. It makes it uh, a very, very uh, powerful relationship for sure that, that we can get a lot more done almost uh, online. So yeah, I love that. Um, I know you're coming up on a little bit of time. We got a little over 10 minutes left uh, for your, your hard stop. So I wanted to see, uh, did, did you want to dive a little clinical athlete space and, and talk a little bit about that? Yeah, let's do it. Anything in particular or just, Kind of go on my spiel. Uh, you can do your spiel if you want. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never be mad at any spiels. I do a lot of my own spiels. <laughs> but, um, but I, I guess if 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 I uh, if I'm gonna ask a specific question, it would be, um, in in terms of what you're seeing and and the impact you guys are having, uh, and what you're trying to do is spread again good knowledge, better uh, critical thinking. Like you're saying, you kind of started in the beginning of can we impact. Uh, you know, the whole profession maybe from the ground up, or is it going to be a continuing education thing? Is it going to be, are you able to integrate into the programs? Is that the solution? Uh, obviously a lot of the, the, for, for those not familiar with the physical therapy profession or any other profession, uh, the, the, the schooling, you get your doctorate or, or now is the common, uh, staple, but you're, you're, they're teaching to the test to some extent. They just want to make sure they have folks being very competent clinicians. Anything on top of that is great. Um, and that's, what's going to d- differentiate some of the programs and what you're paying for some, but, um, but as far as what they're teaching, they're trying to make sure you're going to pass the board exam. Cause that becomes a major, uh, factor of how programs are getting judged. Right. And, and what, it, uh, impacts their kind of constant cash flow. And, and so, um, I guess my question is to throw it back to the clinical athlete concept as well as honey badger, cause that's kind of trying to fix the profession from a few different angles of, we see things are not the way they should be, uh, not what people signed up for. And, and, and so we're trying to get people to improve their own situation as well as, as what the profession can offer and what we can do on, on the big scale. So, uh, love to know again, like, where do you feel like over the last, especially with COVID, uh, has, has that been a, 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 a significant jump forward evolution, uh, from, from, I'm just going to throw in my own perception is as a profession, I feel like Unfortunately, it's too few voices like ours, and that's where I, you know, I was a little inspired to do this podcast and try to get these things out there. And my second podcast, Demand Better, we've called physical therapy profession, trying to put a lot of different ways. Uh, so, so my question becomes, uh, or my, my my observation is that as a profession, we're not moving very much in the right direction. Um, I see us going slowly and slowly. We we focus a lot on reimbursement, Medicare cuts, three percent of this. Um, and so the question becomes, 
do you feel like, do you have hope for the profession? Do you, if, if you, maybe that's the question here. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take everything I just rambled on and ask you this. Somebody's entering the physical therapy profession uh, mm. as a student. They're, they're applying to physical therapy programs right now. Do you think that they'd be better served going down the personal training rabbit hole or, or route and, and maybe having some corrective exercise and still being able to make an impact in the long term? Uh, or, or do you feel like, again, with things that you guys are offering with clinical athlete, with Honey Badger, that there are routes of being much more independent, successful, and using that physical therapy degree to be a much more powerful tool? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I see the, my answer is, is yes. Would they be better off doing that? And also would they, are they able to have the impact they want by going through the physical therapy or rehab route? My answer is also yes. And my answer is yes, that I agree with your observations on how we as a profession across rehab uh, just were not moving, certainly not nearly as fast as I would like towards, you know, things like better evidence-based practice and really focusing on outcomes as opposed to reimbursements and co-pays and all the usual crap that gets, you know, it's unfortunately part of the system, but it gets in the way of delivering what we probably got into the field to deliver in the first place, which is helping people. So when it comes to what, you know, what clinical athlete level up or Calu as a brand is meant to do is from the ground up, help to equip these clinicians, these coaches with the critical thinking skills, communication skills, understanding of exercise physiology, strength conditioning, so that at the end of the day, they can take what they're learning. They can go and see that patient that's coming in Monday morning and sitting in front of them and be like, Hey, my back hurts. I'm scared. I can't work. I can't pick up my kids. What do I do? And give these new grads and these students the skills that they need to meet that person where they're at and say, totally understand. Tell me more about what's going on. We're going to figure this out. We're going to journey through this together and we're going to get you where you need to go. You know, that's what we're going to do. That's really what the focus is. And the you know clinical athlete level up, they were separate entities, but they complemented each other so well that we decided we wanted to merge them because we needed to be together in this happy, happy marriage. And then on the other side of it, you know, Honey Badger, I say other side, it's really kind of complimentary. Honey Badger Project, people not familiar, it's a business incubator that really focuses on people in the health and wellness spaces. So you don't have to be a PT or, or Cairo, though we've got lots of PTs and Cairos and um, massage therapists in the program. You can be anyone in that space. You don't necessarily need a, a healthcare degree, um, but it's really meant to teach people the skills and the, you know, the personal performance habits that allow you to create a business that's focused on a particular population you want to work with. Crossfitters, powerlifters, uh, skiers, snowboarders. We've got people who are working with combat athletes. We've got people working with early Parkinson's disease, uh, women with osteoporosis, uh, women who are going through we're dealing with fibroids. It runs the gamut. And it's really meant to focus on the outcomes that we probably got into the, the field to deliver, helping these people move better, do better, feel better, do all the things they care about and deliver it in a way that's not sort of handcuffed by the system. So that's why I'm going to say that, yes, there is hope that I see for sure. And, and the people that I work with and talk to on a regular basis, on a daily basis, they, they give me that hope. Um, and you know, people who are going down the, the rehab route, there's hope for sure. Uh, I'm excited by a lot of the people that I talk to, even if there are challenges, 
people who are maybe considering not going rehab, maybe going personal training or something like that. There's a need for that too. And like, we can all at the end of the day work cohesively to, to serve the people who are out there really just trying to, trying to find the people who know the things that they need to do well. And you know, that excites me. Yeah, no, I, uh, I keep wanting to have hope and optimism, but I'm a cynical New Yorker by heart. So even though I'm in Colorado now, that's, that's where I grew up and New York has, uh, pushed me that way. But, uh, and again, being around the physical therapy profession and APTA and seeing all the arguments within the, the field, I still, I still struggle to find that hope, but I know it's there. I keep wanting, keep saying, talking to guys like you again, uh, gives, gives me a little bit of hope as well. And, and your shared experience definitely helps. And again, the fact that there's these, again, um, clinical athlete and, and level up kind of programs that, that are pushing, pushing that envelope. Um, yeah. Yeah. The hope is that we definitely move in that direction. Again, uh, anyone who's followed me knows I'm, I've, I've almost tried to run away from even calling myself a physical therapist uh, because of all the negative kind of connotations that come with that at this point. I feel like it's it's there's ways we can use it. And I'm still playing with that for myself from a marketing perspective. So maybe I need to, to circle back to you and uh, and uh, Frank Benedetto, uh, who was on. I forget what episode. We'll have to link that down below. But uh, for the Honey Badger uh, 52. 52. There you go. He's got it. In front it's of def- definitely not on one of the tabs in front of me right now. I definitely <laughs> remember that offhand. I appreciate your memorization of all my episodes. Uh, it, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna, uh, I was looking back through all my episodes actually, and and uh, because it's National Women's Month, uh, mm-hmm. I think I had 17 of, of now 84 episodes with with uh, female guests. So I think I need to get more female. So if you're listening out there. And we have awesome females uh, that, that are in the field or field. want to jump on here. I'd love to, to have you all on. And, and uh, you know, I don't think that's anything on, on any kind of bias I have. Um, <laughs> I love I love having having the ladies on here. And uh, would, I definitely have a few in the pipeline as well. So, uh, but, yeah, man, let's let's wrap it up. I know you got a time uh, crunch here. So uh, tell folks, again, best places to find you directly, connect. We mentioned all your many projects but uh if folks want to reach out to you where can they find you yeah instagram is going to be the best place it's jared.unbreakable strength shoot me a dm i'm open to chatting i love meeting people um and any that's questions how we connected you, that's it <laughs> this is how this magical union happened they're on <laughs> the ground so there's that uh you I'm can shoot me an email fallout boy in the back oh, as you do that. i like that i like that you can shoot me an email unbreakable strength online at gmail.com but Instagram is going to be the go-to place. And then also both. If you want any uh, any particular female people in the health and wellness space, I got a few friends, a few colleagues who are just bang up. Let's do bang it. Up yeah. Stores. I'll send you yeah, a list definitely, after. Definitely got to acknowledge any biases that might exist. So. Uh, but yeah, definitely want to get that out there. I've had two women's health specialists on. Huge topic that uh, I think will we'll definitely push our profession forward as well. Definitely a, an emerging field there and uh, plenty, plenty of stuff there. But yeah, man. Appreciate you being on here. We're going to sign off. You can stay on for another second here and we'll, we'll wrap it up. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, share, comment, all that good stuff, guys. If you're out there, uh, your support means the world. Don't forget to leave a review, rating, all that good stuff, whatever your podcast platform. And we'll cut it off there and have an awesome